Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Darling, listen, you've been playing the channel of disappointment and that blame and that you're the victim and they did this. Okay, so he did this to you. So he screwed you up. Okay, what are you going to do? Change the channel. <laughs> that was Agapis Dasinopoulos, and you are listening to the Welcome Wired podcast. I'm your host, Ksenia, and I'm super stoked. I recorded this podcast with Agapi months ago back in the summer, but I saved it for January because it really ties in with the theme of ditching resolutions and instead finding rituals and mindsets that empower you to love yourself, to trust yourself, and allow yourself to learn exactly the lessons that you're being given in this life and trust that you're in the right place at the right time. So Agapi Stasinopoulos is a best-selling author and speaker who inspires audiences around the world, myself included, and she has written Unbinding the Heart, A Dose of Greek Wisdom, Generosity, and Unconditional Love, and the book Wake Up to the Joy of You, 52 Meditations and Practices for a Calmer, Happier Life. She is the real deal she really is committed to empowering people. She is very real. She is also known as the sister of Ariana Huffington. She speaks in front of huge audiences, leads workshops at some of the biggest companies in the world, and conducts workshops for Thrive Global, a company find, founded by Ariana Huffington, to help change the way we work and live. In this episode, we talked about money as a spiritual practice and different exercises that can help you reprogram your subconscious to create success and confidence and trust. We talk about the idea of allowing instead of hustling and how more productive and fulfilling that will be. And of course, waking up to the joy of you and what the whole concept means. And you're in for a treat because in this episode, we did an impromptu meditation session that is guaranteed to raise your vibration. I felt a little bit nervous before we sat down because we were recording at Agapi's and her sister's place and I didn't have my whole setup. And as soon as we closed our eyes and we breathed for a few minutes and really cultivated that power within my energy completely shifted. So in this episode, you are going to get the same exact meditation that did that to me. And of course, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. You know, be mindful, listen to it afterwards, come back to it if you need to. And I'm also posting some behind the scenes and outtakes from this interview on my YouTube channel. You can find me by searching for Xenia breakfast criminals on YouTube. And I have a lot of exciting things in store for you guys. The first announcement before we dive into this episode is that in February 2019, I'm releasing my course on conscious social media, very much requested. It's going to be a do it at your own pace online program download where you can dive into all the things that I personally did to combine smart strategy with intuition, with manifestation to grow my businesses using social media and to get exactly the kinds of opportunities that I didn't think were possible, you know, from working with Whole Foods to Vitamix to traveling to luxury yoga retreats and being invited and paid to do that. So I am stoked to share all of that with you. I haven't seen anyone else talking about this stuff from a more conscious and even spiritual perspective. So I am stoked to share my tools with you. That's coming up. You can find all the details on WokenWire.com under the social media tab, and you can sign up to hear about it. And number two is I have more solo episodes coming out. And I want to hear from you what questions you have, what topics you want me to cover. So please email podcast at wokeandwire.com 
and send in your questions that can do with social media or business or creating products or monetizing or working with brands, starting a podcast, relationships, crystals, living in a cabin in the forest. That's coming soon. Next announcement. Stay tuned. But really anything that's covered in this podcast, or maybe you've seen something on my social media that piqued your interest. I am excited to hear from you. And when you have a moment, if you haven't already, please take a moment to pause this here and go to the iTunes store to leave a review in the rating for the podcast because it really helps impact more people. Enjoy this conversation with Agapi and make sure you are subscribed to the podcast to make sure you don't miss any of the upcoming solo episodes where I will be dropping some serious wisdom and behind the scenes with the intention to support you in developing your intuition and applying it to your business, finding that trust and clarity to find your own woke way in this wired world. Okay, guys, so we just did a wonderful, magical prayer for this podcast to bring joy and clarity to not just us, but to everyone listening. <laughs> yes. And I'm here in the beautiful home of Agape Stasinopoulos in Soho. And I'm just so excited to share this conversation with you because I met Agape at Wall Summit about a year ago. That's right. Agape was giving a keynote and I was speaking and I was just blown away by the energy you brought to the room. Thank you, sweetheart. Talking Thank about you. belief in yourself, about uplifting others, about the power of prayer, perseverance, clarity, so many things. Yes. I was just so ignited. And I remember I was taking so many notes and I was like, I need to bring this back into my life. So oh my I feel so honored that now we get to have this conversation and share it with everyone listening who's interested in exploring conscious entrepreneurship, personal development, joy, and all the things we're about to talk about. Well, thank you so much, Xenia. I call you Xenia. Like it's that. like a Greek name, Xenia. Xenia means hospitality, right. you know, right? And I just want to say how much I honor your journey and who you are. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and how you have just overcome so much to be who you are mm. and how you bring this to others in such an amazing, authentic way. And for me, if I had a way to describe you, it would be courageous, creative, brave, and authentic. Mm, thank you so much. You're so brave. Wow. And I love that about you, you know. Mm. And I think um, I can say a lot about bravery, you know, because mm. it hurts me to see how many people are so afraid, you know. And, you know, when you think of heroes, you know, like... In modern heroes, in ancient heroes, in the Greek heroes, you know, the Greek myths, what the gods and, and what this hero's journey, like Joseph Campbell says, what people have to overcome. And sometimes I feel people who say to me, oh, I'm so discouraged, you know, I'm, I'm 28 and I don't have my dream job yet. And I go, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, what? okay, you don't have your dream job, you don't have your dream husband. You don't have your dream life or your, it's okay. It's like, this is not, this life is not about acquiring. Mm -hmm. It's about becoming. Mm. That's a great quote. I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> this life is not about acquiring. It's about becoming. And if somebody really at school, at universities, at colleges, at high school told us, you're not here to just get great degrees and great jobs and have the great career. Great if you do. But what's really important is that you become a solid, grounded, worthy human being of knowing your value, your worth, and respecting other human beings mm. and knowing that, that this life is a gift. Right. How can we be conscious entrepreneurs if we can't be conscious humans? Exactly. So exactly. speaking of conscious humans, mm -hmm. what I'm going to do is what I traditionally do. Yes. I'm going to read out loud uh -huh. what your Instagram profile says, and you're going to explain to me what it is that you actually do. <laughs> so your Instagram profile says, best-selling author and motivational speaker, heart igniter, people lover, 
Miracle Maker. Hashtag wake up to the joy of you. Mm-hmm. Right. So what do you wake up and actually do besides waking up to joy? My focus at the moment, well, I wrote this book. I wrote, I've written four books. The first book was called Conversations. This is my new book. Wake up to the, wake up to the joy of you. I don't wake up to the joy of me all the time. I just want you to know. Basically, I love that you say that. Neither do I. Oh That's my God. exactly the reason why I do what I do. Yes, because it brings you joy. Exactly. Yeah. Because I need those reminders. The reason why I do Breakfast Criminals and I talk about mindful mornings is because I don't wake up happy or joyful. And I need to do practices Practice that bring it. me there. Exactly. And, and for me, what brings me joy is interactions with others. So service to others, you know, so... For example, my sister's office is down the street. My sister, Ariana Huffington, she has Thrive Global, which is a wellness company. I mean, it's a company to bring wellness to the, to our lives and to the workplace. And I'll often go and work there and interact with people. I teach meditation there. I do meditate myself. I take my practice very seriously, seriously, not seriously, seriously, devotedly. And my book, which has 52 chapters, as you know, of every subject you can imagine, was a labor of love to help people understand how we can shift because from disappointment to grace, from not liking ourselves and judging ourselves to loving ourselves. So how do you practice little things every day to bring yourself to the greater heart of yourself? Because, you know, my book before this was called Unbinding the Heart, A Dose of Greek Wisdom, Generosity, and Unconditional Love. And that book was me telling my story from Greece to London, studying acting, going to the United States in Los Angeles to do a movie. I was 23. The movie didn't work out. And I started to follow a spiritual path that I didn't really know it was a spiritual path. Basically, I started to do yoga I went to retreats. I read every single, every possible spiritual book. Sounds like me. Really? Yes. Have you read an autobiography of a yogi? I started it. Yes. yes. That's the book that changed my life. Really? Mm-hmm. What about it? I remember I was reading Paramahansa Yogananda's chapter. I was in, in total unknown, kind of, a, I was almost like a, in, in no man's land, you know, in Los Angeles by myself, my family away, no money feeling very, very lost, very lost. And in this book, as I read it, I remember reading a chapter that said that the yogis in Himalayas that live thousand years, that they transcend the body, that they they become beyond their physiological limitation. And they leave the body and they come right back to the body and they leave the body and they come back to the body (laughs) and they eat very little. And uh, it's a, I almost feel like I, we have to find that chapter and, and, and read it to the readers. <laughs> but I remember having this incredible enlightening moment. Oh, my God, I'm not just my body. Mm. And I went to sleep on the book, you know, like this. Like I just fell asleep with my clothes on and the book. And I was wake, awakened about sort of five in the morning. With I was in Beverly Hills. The sun beaming into from my window. I never forget it. It was like transcendental. And the sun waking me up, but an inner sun waking me up. A light coming in, a light from within. It was almost palpable. And I remember going all crying and going, oh my God, oh my God. I remember I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. And I, I fell on my knees crying took my journal and I said, and I have the story in the book. Um, I don't remember what chapter. I think it's, I think it's overcoming disappointment and moving to grace. And I remember I went, I wrote in my book, Io credo, I believe, I know. And it was this knowing, like, if I'm touching you now, you would mm. know I'm touching you. Mm-hmm. It was not, nobody could say, well, you're imagining it. Mm-hmm. So that moment changed my life. And then, of course, I decided to stay in Los Angeles, and then I decided to, I mean, 
it's too too long of a Greek epic to go into all the details. I, that's why I wrote Unbinding the Heart of how I ended up finding my spiritual teacher and then following a path of meditation. My spiritual teacher's name is John Roger. There is a a part of uh, a church that I study in Los Angeles called the Movement of Spiritual Inner Awareness. And the teachings are very much about soul transcendence, like how do you have this life as a journey to become a soul who you are, are conscious of your soul. So when you leave the body, when you die, you transgress into higher levels. It's a very specific path. It's a very, and I started to study. I then decided gradually that acting wasn't happening for me. And I went into psychology and I studied the Greek archetypes. And then I decided to do a one-woman show called Conversations with the Goddesses, <laughs> which was an inner spark, you know, which is an amazing show because then I ended up writing a book about it called Conversations with the Goddesses. And then I studied the archetypes and the goddesses in each one of us, you know, and I could literally see people like you and say, you're an Artemis, you're brave, you're courageous, you're independent. You have Athena in you. You have Aphrodite, the lover. Mm-hmm. The sensuality. So I, I went around and talked about the goddesses for years and the gods, wrote books, and did a PBS special. And then all those years, I was working to ground myself in my gifts, to find my confidence, to find out who Agape was. So years later, you know, and, and many, many things happened in my life, relationships, breakups, you know, work that was great work that didn't work out, projects that failed. So I have endless stories mm. of how I can use all these stories as what I call grist for the mill. Like every story was like a tapestry. I was building my life's tapestry. Mm. So when I wrote Unbinding the Heart, I told my story so people can go and say, oh, that's when that happened to her. That's what she did and how she overcame that. And stories about my mother and how my mother raised me and Ariana with bravery and, and support and believing in us. And I have an amazing story called Finding Your Teacher. And it's a story that when I wanted to study at the Royal Academy of Maricats in London, and I was looking for a teacher, I, my mother helped me find a teacher in London. And this teacher, after studying with her for um, six weeks, she ended up saying to me, you know, my dear Agapi, you're such a nice, wonderful girl, but you're not an actress. I don't think you have the talent. So, you know, imagine if you're 18. How old? 18. 18. And I was heartbroken. I went to my mother at the apartment and cried my eyes out mm. and felt my dream, which was to go to the Royal Academy, mm. was crushed. And my mother said, oh, she didn't get you. That's not your teacher. We have to find your teacher. So she called the woman. Imagine this talk about bravery, Senya. <laughs> she said to her, Miss Mather, I understand you don't think Agape is talented, but I wonder, do you have someone else that you can recommend for her? <laughs> and the woman was taken aback. She said, well, there is someone who is actually a director at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts that um, Agape might really like, and it's worth giving her a shot. Her name is Yves Shapiro. She was head of the Juilliard School for many years after Radha. My mother called her, invited her to her house for Greek dinner, made moussaka and spinach pie. Even I met... Moussaka is the eggplant dish, right? Yes, the eggplant yes. dish. You eat eggplant? I, not so much anymore, but I used to. I remember when I went to Saip, to Ayanapa yes. to party, I ate a lot of moussaka. Oh, it's, moussaka is amazing. Yes. If you're in New York, our listeners, there's a, a restaurant that I, I just discovered. There are many wonderful Greek restaurants, but there's one on Greenwich Street. I think it's 358 Greenwich Street. It's called The Greek. Okay. I had the best moussaka the other day. Great. Writing it, it down. You know, it's a little, it, when they bring in the little pot, you know, so everybody should, we should all go together. <laughs> so you made uh, the dinner for the director. Yeah, my mother mom. did. And uh, Eve said to me, you know, Agapi, there is a monologue from Rose Tattoo of Serafina. Rose Tattoo is a play by Tennis Williams. And Serafina, this amazing woman whose husband 
who she loves her husband, but he betrayed her by sleeping with someone else, and everybody knows it except her. And this is a scene that she, the priest comes, and, and she's crazy, and she says to the priest, you have to tell me if it's true what people are saying. Did my husband have an affair? And this woman is like in, in the movies, Anna Magnani, you know, it's like this Italian, gutsy woman. And, um, and she said to me, you know, don't worry about the lines. Read the play and walk around thinking about Serafina. Like, what does she eat? How does she move? Uh, what does she wear? And feel all those feelings. So I did that. And I went, you know, a week later to the studio to uh, 10 days later, we leave. And I performed the monologue, which is an amazing monologue. And she looked at me, Xenia, and she said, you know, Agapi, if they don't take you at the Royal Academy, there's something wrong with them, but nothing wrong with you. She gave me that confidence. I auditioned six months later. I started with her and I got into RADA. Wow. You know. So I love this story so much and yes. props to your mom. And not everyone grew up with, with parents a, like that. Right. And even if, if they did, you know, our parents don't stay around all the time. Yes. So you my question us. to you is how, how do you find the resource within yourself to have that voice within yourself? Yes. To not need the external validation and to keep going and do what you believe in. And to find your people, basically, mm. to find your teacher, your, your husband, your lover, your friends, your tribe, you know, and I know you've had, you know, things that didn't work out in love. And then you turned it around and find somebody that you are very happy with. Am I right? Yes. So, and it's easy to say, if you came to me and said, oh, you know, that didn't work out. And I said, Xenia, that was not your man. And you said, but I really do love him. And I think he was the one. Or this deal didn't work through. And you say, that was not your people. So, okay. I always say to people, you know, maybe that we did, you didn't have my mother. <laughs> but you have me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say it loud and clear that you have all the resources to go inside and actually look in the mirror and tell yourself when things don't work out, this was not meant for me. This was not meant for me. And do the inner work to let go of this attachment that this was for you. And trust, building the trust that God, the universe, the universal energy that created us has a plan for you. And go into your stillness, go into your asking, go into your reverence, go into your prayer, go into the silence to say, okay, okay, I get it. That didn't work out. Show me the way. And, sh and if you really ask with all your heart, and you listen, the way is going to be shown to you. But what happens to us is when things don't work out, we collapse, we close down, we judge the hell of our, out of ourselves, mm. thinking, I don't have it, this is never going to work. We, and our whole energy, the, the, we give the signals to our brain that we have now failed. And, and it is inner work. I'm not saying it's easy. Write down a letter and Call me or write me an email, agapi at unbindingtheheart.com and say to me, I'm feeling discouraged. And, and then I'll tell you to read the chapter on discouragement or to listen to my guided meditation that I do a lot of guided meditations. You know, the power, open your heart. Do not close your heart. Chapter 44, the power of an open heart. When you start doubting yourself, this is the time that your test this is the time that you have to start building your inner muscle. Mm. And that's when you need your friends and you have people like us. I mean, you know, that's why you do your podcast. That's why I write these books. That's why I speak is because it reminds people, oh, if she got it, I can get mm. it. And it's like we give them, um, it's light bulbs, you know. And, but you have to, to really be ruthless with yourself not to go down the rabbit hole. Mm. So surrounding yourself with the tribe and with the people who remind you. To remind you. Who you are. To remind you who you are. Thank you. Mm. You know, like, like 
you know, I have a lot of people who in my life that we are, we are that for each other. Mm -hmm. I'm like that with my sister. Mm -hmm. You know, she talks very candidly about her trials and tribulations with her work and things that didn't work out. And mm -hmm. we were always there for each other. Mm -hmm. It's not easy because when things don't work out, I mean, deals don't work out, relationships don't work out. Nobody gives you the manual, you know, what to do when things don't work out. Mm -hmm. And yet everybody who succeeded will tell you about things and the times that didn't work out. So be mindful, be, be wise and be strategic and say, who is my tribe? Who is the person that is going to infuse me with this energy? I mean, I have a, a story in the book about when a project that I worked with Franco Zeffirelli to produce Maria Callas and it didn't work out after two years of working and working and I was devastated. It took me about my mother, bless her heart, was there, and I was moping. I was so depressed. And my mother said to me, darling, listen, you've been playing the channel of disappointment and, and that blame and that you're the victim. And they did this. Okay, so she did this to you. So she screwed you up. Okay, what are you going to do? Change the channel. <laughs> did you love that phrase? Change the channel. Mm -hmm. She said, you have the remote. Instead of disappointment, pick yourself up and say, next, next, darling. She used to say, my mom was very Greek and dramatic. Next, darling, next. So indeed, I, I went around and I, um, I found a studio and I found a friend of mine and I picked myself up and I just, uh, it's like you're falling off a horse. Mm. You know, they say, get, get back on the horse. So what, reaching out to your tribe, listening and watching things that inspire you, what are some other ways, Agapi, that you personally turn to to shift your consciousness? Well, I always, I find one of my greatest keys is giving love to someone else. Mm. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I feel like I have a lot, my heart is very open, as you know me, you know, it's like the minute I see, that's why I'm a people lover. So for me, it's like, honestly, it's like if I'm with people, people I enjoy, people I'm learning from, I just, I'm an extrovert, obviously, right? Are you an extrovert? No. No, you're more of an introvert. I'm introvert. Yeah. I definitely recharge on my own. On your own. That's beautiful. Well, I recharge with people. Mm -hmm. So that when I reach out, when I help lift someone else, when someone helps lift me, when I have this exchange, I immediately pop, pop. It's like a mm -hmm. daisy, you know, it goes, I pop. Mm -hmm. So when I'm challenged in my life and I will read my spiritual books as well I will chant my meditations you know that I have sometimes I listen to my own meditations mm. on audio you know the 33 meditations of uh, wake up to the joy of you there because they're very very rich in energy because when before I wrote and before I did the meditations before I every time before I sat down and wrote, I always prayed. So the energy of the divine would come in. Mm. Mm. So with all of that, something we were talking about before we started recording is social media. And I was sharing with Agapi how, for me, social media has really been the tool that I've used to design life that I couldn't even imagine. And my family's still back in Moscow. I'm the one here in New York. And as we we're talking about it, you were just honestly telling me that social media is not your primary thing. Right. You do it because it's another vehicle to share your message. Exactly. But you don't obsess over likes or numbers or followers. Or like I have to post every day and is it perfect? Exactly. I mean, I, I tell you one thing though, and Nika who is, works with me and people who work with me know that I only post things that feel very true to me. Like I don't like seeing something and I go, who is this post? something that is inspirational, that sometimes my messages are a little too long because I really want to communicate to people what I'm thinking about that particular quote. And, uh, you know, like everyone else, I, if, a, if a post does really well, I go, oh, is it this great? My post is great. But I don't sleep, up. I don't, I don't waste sleep over it. <laughs> right. So how do you find the balance between being an entrepreneur and a public speaker and a public person, and then having that presence with people in real life, which is what you're yes, all about. I'm all about that. And at the same time, 
having that peace with social media. Yes. Being there to to help you spread your message farther. You mean how to use it to your advantage? Yeah. How do you I mean? Do that? I think I think it's really you know, Xenia. I meet a lot of people who say to me, "I have a love hatred relationship with my social media. Mm-hmm. I hate Facebook." And I recently heard Will I Am with a podcast with Ariana on Thrive Global, which people can go and download. He talked about so beautifully. He said, "Stop scrolling down, because that is." your time, this is your precious time that you could be creating the next big song. You could be writing the next big piece. You could be uh, thinking and doing nothing and have an inspiration of something new. You could be doing something that really is, is substantial in your life or doing nothing. But this scrolling down of randomly, it, I think it has a really side effect on our well-being. Now, if you're one of those people that never compares themselves to anyone else, if you're one of those people that doesn't go, oh, I'm not doing that, or I should be doing more of that, oh, look at that, you know, and, and has this comparison thing, like I do, I have a tendency to compare myself. So I know for me, it's not supportive to be scrolling down. So I will, I will look at Instagram very in a very limited way. And I will take enough time to just post, but then there's a bigger picture of life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not focused so much on um, this obsession about, you know, the, the, being an influencer or making sure that you have the following and obsessing about posting while you're eating and posting while you're at events. Sometimes I post when I'm at events and sometimes I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I just want to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. So those were the days. Remember when we didn't have all that pressure. So if I'm pressuring myself, I was like at a retreat and I was speaking and doing a workshop, Jonathan Fields Camp, which was an amazing experience. And I did very, very little posting. But when I came back, I posted about the experience and interacted with a lot of people. I'm very mindful about when people write to me about having met me, asking me my advice, how my book helped them, I always respond. See, that's my question. You were always so generous at giving out your personal email at conferences, wherever you speak. I'm curious, how do you set those boundaries? Well, I think I I look, again, I'm very intuitive. And if somebody writes me a a two-page email about their life, and could I help them with this and this and that, I know that this person is going to suck in my energy. So I will have a very basic automatic response. might have my assistant respond. I might just send them a blessing. Uh, and, and so it's like I, I'm very discerning. But there are certain times where you feel people's genuine wanting to know, wanting to be lifted about something. And that's a joy to do. Mm. You know, but I, I'm very discerning. I mean, sometimes I'll go, I'm not going to answer that. You know, it's like I always say, you know, there's a great button in your computer. It's called delete. <laughs> delete what depletes you. Mm-hmm. You know, delete what depletes you. Mm-hmm. And become more about, you know, it's like taking your energy and becoming way more mindful about your spirit, your mm-hmm. energy, managing your energy, mm-hmm. listening to yourself and really loving yourself. That's the great question. How do you love yourself? Because There's a chapter in your book on that. Yes. <laughs> it's a big chapter in the book. And it's like, you know, you love yourself by forgiving yourself, mm. by talking lovingly to yourself. It's like, mm. you know, connecting with yourself. How to let love in on chapter 13. I love mm. that. You mm. know, a lot of us don't let love in mm-hmm. because we feel barricaded or we don't feel we're worthy. I mean, if you sat here and when somebody says to you, I love you, you say, thank you, I love you too. And you go, oh my God, they really love me. Let me take that in. Mm. And you lean back. Mm-hmm. You know, so much of our lives, I think, is lived in a, in a very hectic forward way. And so much of inner life is when we lean back. Because then we open up... Um, territories and spheres and domains in our consciousness 
that we don't even know we explore. Mm. St. Augustine has a great saying that says, I always marvel at how people explore the Mount Kilimanjaro and they go travel the oceans and the moon and, and they, they travel universe, you know, the planet and universes, but they never take time to be silent and travel and get to know themselves. Mm. That's how our prayer in the beginning felt. It's like the whole energy for me of the day of go, go, go. We just sat down. It was all about just that deep breath of grounding and becoming present because what else matters if we're not present to everything we're creating? Yes. I mean, let me just walk through a little prayer with our listeners. Can I do that right Please. now? Yes. Okay, and we'll do it together. Take a deep breath and exhale. Take another deep breath. And this time as you exhale, exhale your tensions, your worries, your preoccupations, what's going to happen tomorrow, later, next year. Just let it all go, evaporate. And as you take another deep breath, let your breath settle. And start to experience the rising and the falling of your breath. Very gently, just feel the air like a breeze. You're breathing in through the nostrils. You're breathing out through the mouth. And focus on your heart. You can put your hands in your heart if you like. You can put your other hand on your belly. And feel how your breath pushes your hand out and in. Out and in. And let that breath circulate all over your body, your mind, your thoughts, so that it energizes everything. And take a moment to just be in awe of your breath. Like, who is breathing me? And exhale with a sound and go, wow. Wow, wow, I'm being breathed by this energy I don't even know where from. And in this awe of your breath, move into a deep trust that something in here larger than yourself is breathing you. Isn't that wonderful? Something that you cannot control. And now enjoy this moment of your conscious breath and take a deep breath and breathe in gratitude by saying, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for everything in my life, even the challenges even the parts of my life that are chaotic or unclear or stressed. And take a big wave of positive energy and infuse it all over your life. Just send it like a beam to the people you love, the people you work with, your finances, your workplace, your home, and see it being embraced, enveloped, and unfolding in the light. And take a deep breath and exhale, and stay very centered, and take yourself in as if you're leaning back. You're leaning back. So instead of thinking forward, you're taking your energy back to you, filling you up, ah, and seeing this energy 
being like calm waves around you. And we always finish a meditation or a visualization with a beautiful prayer of thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, I love the leaning back. That's such a nice finishing touch. Yes. Of just letting, allowing things into your experience versus hustling and going to grab them. Exactly, allowing. And you know, sometimes in the allowing there is a known, there is like spaces of emptiness, but allowing that. Mm. All the mystics, you know, all the mystics, they talk about it, but then how do you practice it when you live in the big city and you Mm. have the big projects? And it's worth it. It's worth it because then your soul, your presence can come in and give you answers Mm. and also give you energy. Mm. I feel so, I feel so good right now. I'm so happy. So the word that stood out for me when you were talking about bringing your positive energy into different areas of your life, the word that stood out for me was finances. Finances, yes. So I want to hear what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in the area of money? Yes. And what... Oh my God, I've had so many lessons. I mean, I've had so many times where I was broke and I overspent and I was afraid of money. I had so much fear around money. You know, it's almost like, you know, the word karma, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's the karma of finances. And I think it comes through, for me, I had to really... It's, it, you know, the not having the money and, and struggling with the money was like a restricting feeling. It was almost like as if you, you, as if you live with a, with a closed fist mm. and you say, I want it, I want it, but I don't know mm-hmm. how to make it happen. And living with a closed fist cannot let the abundance out. And for me, you know, I tithe, I tithe in my spiritual group. So, Tithing has been a big part of my What is life. that? Tithing is when you take 10% of what you make and you give it to your church. Mm. So my church, you know, is the spiritual, the, the, the movement of spiritual inner awareness. That what happens with tithing is you realize that money is an exchange of energy. And it's a, it's a lot ties in our value, like, oh, you made so much more money in this product, in this book, in this, in your business. And we give value to ourselves with the money. But once we disconnect that and you say, look, I am who I am and I'm valuable and amazing and worthy of, of God's love. I mean, and when I talk about God, it's not the religious like God, the big, it's like the energy of who makes us. Mm. You know, we have 37.3 trillion cells. <laughs> In our bodies. We are biology. We are miracles. And so when you realize that, you know, we, we all eat and the, the food gets digested by this, by our organs and they work. And who the hell knows how to do that? <laughs> and then you have the waste and then you have hair. Who makes hair? Who makes lashes? Who makes nails? I mean, we are, do you ever wonder and you go, I'm a, I'm sorry, I'm a fucking miracle. <laughs> how do I walk? And you look at people who can't walk. <laughs> And then you go, oh my God, I can walk. Isn't that amazing? My knee bends. My knee, my housekeeper broke her knee and she can't bend her knee. Mm. And suddenly you say, yeah, my knee bends. That's incredible. Mm. So it's like when you start to, things that we take so for granted mm-hmm. and you go, I am a miracle of life. I have spirit working with me, making me. And then you start to dissolve the beliefs, the judgments about money, each one of us could write epics about all the stuff we have about money mm-hmm. and the attachments of materiality so that you free yourself from it. Mm. Once you have this experience and the tithing is basically going, it's not about the money, it's about the spirit of the money. And then you are not so attached to it. For me, something starts to loosen up and, and then you get to love it and enjoy it and share it and ask for it. And I have a whole chapter in the book. Let me see what, what are the, some of the exercises that I think it's called money, money, money. Chapter 23, page 125. And I wrote about it because I felt 
it's important that we all do the inner work with money. For example, I have a guided meditation. Wayne Dyer said, when I chased after money, I never had enough. When I got my life on purpose and focused on giving of myself and everything that arrived into my life, then I was prosperous. I love Wayne Dyer so much. I mean, that, that is such mm. a beautiful, you know, and I, my first line is money issues usually are not about money. Mm-hmm. They're often about something deeper, something inside us that needs to be resolved, an inner conflict, a sense of entitlement, or a feeling of lack and fear that we just won't have enough. I'm not here to tell you how to invest or manage your money. I leave that to other experts. I want to shed light on your beliefs, attitudes, and consciousness about money and assist you in getting as free as possible from your self-limiting beliefs about it. Money is a teacher, a reflection and a symbol of the way we see ourselves as worthy or unworthy and a reminder that we often carry old wounds around the topics of money. Or perhaps we are reliving our parents' story. Right. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. I mean, this chapter is just absolutely extraordinary. And then I say, journal about your beliefs about money. Where do they come from? How did your parents teach you? How does this relate to your sense of self-worth? Be as specific as you can. For 32 days in a row, the time that psychologists think it takes to create a new pattern in the brain, try to be aware every time a fear, a doubt, a concern about money comes up. Ask yourself, what is this about? And do something that will help you open up. Hmm. I've done similar journaling exercises about money beliefs, mm-hmm. and it was so eye-opening and I took it actually to the next step and I called up my mom and my dad and my grandma and I asked all of them about their beliefs about money so that like a mirror, it would reflect to me some of my own limiting beliefs. Wow. And that's where I was really like, whoa, so this is where it comes from. Wow. Wow. That's amazing, Senya. Yeah. Were you able to resolve some of them? Definitely. There's always the next level, you know? Yes. Right now, I'm working on the next level of expanding my business and looking for the right mentor and teacher. Mm-hmm. So you're inspiring me to be open to the right teacher. Yes. But there's always the next level. But what I want to talk about, as you were reading this, it reminded me, mm-hmm. is the importance of believing in your own projects. Yes. Because I've actually caught myself. Sometimes, you know, some days I feel more inspired about my own work. Some days I feel less. And there are some days when I feel less inspired, but I expect my community to be very inspired and interact and engage and love what I'm putting out there. Yes. But that doesn't make any sense. And you're such a pure example of really, really standing for your work and believing in it. Oh my God, I believe so much. <laughs> and you told me actually on the phone when we were speaking last week that that's the reason for the success of your book. So tell me my more book, about uh, that. My book has, this book has become very successful. It's now in eighth printing. I just made my first royalty check ever. Yes. Remember, I think I told you, I, I made a photocopy of it and printed and sent the real one in the bank. And then I framed the next, that, <laughs> that one. I have such passion about this work. It's, it's not just the book, the message. I mean, literally, I always, when I speak, I, I really ask people to buy a lot of books and sell them or give them away. I ask people in my talks to not live without this book. I mean, it's a treasure. And I believe it because I wrote this book out of my experiences, out of my own angst in my life and how I overcame it. And every single subject from money to relationships to disappointment to not believing to feeling pressure in my life, feeling not good enough, feeling comparisons, you know, every you you just name it, you know. Uh, taking on other people's problems. Mm-hmm. And I just took all the subjects and poured out my knowledge. So now I know how this book helps people. I know that me asking people, I mean, I literally sometimes at my dentist yesterday, I was talking to a woman who ended up talking and she was going through a tough time because she was breaking up with her boyfriend and her father just died. And I took a card out of my, of my bag and I said, buy this book. I said, I didn't have a book. I said, you're going to get so much help. And the hygienist who knows me and loves me, who's Spanish, 
I given her my book in Spanish. She said, yes, yes, you must read Agape's book. <laughs> mm. I mean, who does that? Mm. But I am, I want to say shameless, but charmingly shameless mm -hmm. about this. And it gives me such a, it's a wonderful feeling, you mm. know, and the same thing with my wisdom and my knowledge. I know I've earned it. I know I've done mm. a lot of uh, inner work to mm. get there. So I know what it's like to not be confident and to be confident. And I can help people get to that place. And I think I give people permission to go and start believing in themselves, even in the midst of feeling insecure or feeling nervous about your projects or your achievements, to say, keep going. You got to keep going. You got to get up every morning and bring your spirit and, and bring your enthusiasm. And as Frank Sinatra used to say, I, I bring my own crank wherever I go. <laughs> I love that idea of charmingly shameless. And I think the question is, if you're not in a place where you're ready to be charmingly shameless about your work, then just go and ask yourself, is my work actually up to par? Yes, if there are exactly. areas that can be improved, go and do that. Up exactly. to, and do that and, and improve and grow and learn and expand until you're at the point where you can go out into the world like Agapi and be charmingly shameless about your work. Exactly. I mean, it's like I said, I had a friend the other day said to me, I mean, I'm dating, but I feel very insecure that I'm not going to find the right person. And I, I feel very insecure about relation making it. And I said, honey, go work. <laughs> I said, if you're out there dating and you feel insecure and you don't feel confident and you're expecting this guy to give you confidence and to like you, so you're going to start liking yourself. Please forget it. Please stop dating. Please go find out where is your self-esteem and your security. Mm. Just work on yourself, mm. whatever it is, however right. it is you do it, mm. till you go and feel, hey, you know, I'm just, as Bruno Mars says, I'm just great just the way I am. <laughs> and then, you know, yes. by the way, I have to tell you, there is my favorite TEDx talk is by a woman, I can't remember her name now, the title is called the person you should really marry. Mm. And she's so funny. Can you Google it? Uh, the person you should really marry at the Dex talk. We're going to link it in the show notes, guys, if you want to watch it. And she, she was a writer for Mad Men. She's so funny. She's so charming. And she actually has notes when she's doing it. And she talks about three failed relationships and how she took a break. And she, she started to date herself. And then she said, now she's dating little by little, but the person you should really marry is yourself. Mm -hmm. And then what she did is she, she talks how when she goes on dates, she doesn't look if the person likes her. Mm -hmm. She sees how does she like herself the way she is with this person? Mm -hmm. And does she uh, has a good time? Tracy McMillan. I love that. Tracy McMillan, the person you should really marry. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this for everything, not just relationships. Mm. It's just finding that place of where you are comfortable in your own skin. Mm -hmm. I mean, where you do the work and you go to your parents and you say, what did you believe about money? What mm -hmm. did you believe about relationships? Because we embody our parents' beliefs and limitations. Mm -hmm. What did you believe about success? What did you believe mm -hmm. about me? Did mm -hmm. you believe that I was going to be successful? Mm -hmm. Did you trust me? Did you feel... That did you compare me with my brothers and sisters? What did you, what did you implant me unconsciously? Mm. Mm. That to me, again, I have a chapter in the book called Overcoming Your Childhood. But nobody gets the golden trophy, which is yourself, without the regular practice. Every athlete, whether you're an Olympic athlete or you are a regular athlete, will tell you that they put rigorous daily practice. To me, to get to yourself, to get to your success, whatever success is for you, to get to your wholeness, to get to a place of where you feel, I'm feeling fulfilled with my, my life and mm -hmm. my work. It is, you've got to put the consciousness, whether it is writing in your journal, talking to people who are mentors, you know, whether it is you're going to retreats or to workshops, how, whatever it does it for you, working with, but go deeper. Don't go into the shallowness of, of knowing yourself. Go into the depths 
prayer. You might never see a therapist. Honestly, if you pray sincerely, I have to tell you, it's going to sound like a boosting thing, but I had the best compliment at the adult camp of uh, Jonathan Fields, a woman, and I put it in video, uh, I talked a lot about accepting all aspects of yourself and loving yourself Mm -hmm. and really going into deep forgiveness and saying, hey, you know, I'm a human being. I just don't know everything and I don't understand a lot of things, but, you know, I'm doing the best I can and I'm really going to go about my day every day really loving myself and really being compassionate to myself and what that compassion is. And as she said to me, Akapi, in your workshop, I did an hour and a half workshop where I talk to people a lot about finding your purpose. And I have these questions that you really find your purpose and finding your joy and what robs you of your joy. And in your talk, I, I got more out of it than 12 years in therapy. I said, I bought this book for my therapist. <laughs> oh my gosh. I she love said, that. could you sign it for him? And I said, this is the best compliment I've ever had. Mm. And I put her on video because I feel somebody got that lifting because you can talk yourself, you know, till the cows come home about what happened to you, didn't happen to you, and really eventually not get into that place of loving yourself. Mm. Wow, we've covered so many important things. And before we wrap up, is there anything else you would like to share? You know, yesterday I, I heard something uh, that a beautiful human being, it's Uncle Jane, J-A-I-N, and he has created, uh, uses technology, he's brilliant, to help humanity and to help issues of humanity. Like he has, his company is called Keros, Keros, which means time, and his company resolves issues of landlords and tenants and the the agony of the security deposits that people never get back. So that security deposit is insured. So he's created this. And he said to me, all my life I believed that if you have a purpose, you will never fail. If you have just goals, you will experience failure. Mm. And I thought that was catalytic. Because you know, Xenia, all my life I never had goals. I never said, and one day I would write books and speak and inspire people. But I had a purpose that was deep in my heart that I had to find myself. Mm. I had to find the copy and know her and, and understand who I was. And that purpose has never failed me. And sometimes with my goals, you know, I don't have them. Sometimes things happen, sometimes mm. things don't happen. But it doesn't matter. What matters is that you get to you and you walk in your life intact with you. And that's the greatest mystery and the greatest gift of life. I think life is extraordinary. To be alive, to be breathing and living and being able to have opportunities to interact with people, to make things happen. And ultimately, it doesn't matter. I mean, it it sounds like, oh my God, but I have this ambition. It doesn't matter. It's not going to matter. We are a blink in the eye in the universal consciousness. We come and we're gone. You've got to have that perspective in your life. Because if you have that perspective, you say, well, that didn't work out, but I'll go and do something else that works out. But that perspective spans you, lifts you, and you can have a good time in the meantime. So have a good time. And ask yourself, am I enjoying my life? And if not now, when? Mm. What am I waiting for? And be a lover. Be a lover of life. Bring it out of you. Bring it out to everything you do. So to be continued, you can all write me to agapi at unbindingtheheart.com. You can download my 32 guided meditations, 33 from Amazon. Wake up to the joy of you. Please order that book. And read a little bit every day. And I just thank you for honoring me, for listening to me. You are such an amazingly special woman. Mm. And Zenia, if you ever forget it and you don't remember, just call me. <laughs> just call me. Don't text me. Call me. <laughs> like I called Zenia the other day and I said, 
Listen, let's just make this happen. Let's stop emailing back and forth. We're back and forth. Are we meeting? Are we not meeting? <laughs> and I called her and said, hello. I said, it's Agape. <laughs> she said, yes. I said, listen, what are you doing next Thursday? Let's do this podcast. <laughs> you know, it's when you have this intention that mm. life is, I want to make this happen and I'm not going to postpone it. And then it's so, vi- you feel this vitality. You feel mm. this energy, you know. I talk to people a lot. You know, I pick up the phone and I call them. Mm-hmm. And, and That's how you make things happen. That's how you make it. Don't, don't keep emailing. And stop scrolling down on that social media. Or if you do, make sure that you are scrolling on the accounts that make you feel empowered, Power. that make you feel connected. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm so inspired to just go off and make shit happen, become friends with all my gazillions of trillions of cells And if you are inspired by this podcast as much as I am by this conversation, definitely screenshot it and share it on Instagram and tag Agape Seas and at Woken Wired. I can't wait to hear what you're taking away. Everything is linked in the show notes. Definitely get the book. And Agape, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you. And for blessing this podcast. To all of you, much love and hugs. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review, and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.